Welcome to day 23 of Shaped by the Word, season two, the drama of scripture. And uh, we are introduced, reintroduced to the ugliness of sin again in chapter 19. Uh, after creation and uh, the constant uh, kind of chorus of God saw everything that he had made and it was good, it was good, it was good, it was very good. Uh, we see you know, rebellion in the kingdom and we see uh, the ugliness of sin to the point that God uh, judges all of creation and, and washes it you know, clean you know, through the flood and promises never to do that again, to reserve judgment to the end uh, of time. Uh, but we do see God having to act in judgment in a very specific way. Mm-hmm. Uh, with the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah, when the cities are first mentioned, they're mentioned as wicked cities. And of course, we've seen Lot, you know, uh, look at the valley and see that it's like you know the Garden of God and like the Valley of Egypt. So he pitched his tent near there, and now we find him as a resident in the city, and we find the city is overwhelmingly. Uh, indicative of what God has already said, every inclination of man's heart was only evil all the time. And we speak of total depravity. You know, we you know speak of uh, not you know the man is as bad or you know his humanity as bad as it could possibly be, but every part of us is tainted by sin. And you see sin full grown and, and in full bloom. You know, in the city of Sodom and Gomorrah, so much so that God acts in, in judgment. And we know from. Uh, the interaction with Abram and God that he is the judge of the earth acting justly when he does judge so before we read this episode uh, let's offer ourselves in this moment uh, to the Lord Matt you mind lifting us up yeah. with a word of prayer Father we thank you for this moment we thank you for this time together thank you for the technology um, that you've given us to be able to read together as your people as, as your body and Father we do ask as we spend some time in Genesis 19 uh, today that you would encourage our hearts, um, you would reveal more uh, of who you are to us, uh, that we would see your character, that we would um, be reminded um, of of the richness of who you are, the depth and the beauty of it. Father, um, capture our hearts, um, give us wisdom as we read and insight, but would it not just be something that we study? Uh, Father, would we enter into a deeper fellowship uh, with you? Uh, through this time together. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. Genesis 19. The two angels arrived at Sodom in the evening, and Lot was sitting in the gateway of the city. We saw them. He got up to meet them and bowed down with his face to the ground. My lords, he said, please turn aside to your servant's house. You can wash your feet and spend the night, and then go on your way early in the morning. No, they said, we'll spend the night in the square. But he insisted so strongly that they did go with him and entered his house. He prepared a meal for them, baking bread without yeast, and they ate. Before they had gone to bed, all the men from every part of the city of Sodom, both young and old, surrounded the house. They called to Lot, where are the men who came to you tonight? Bring them out to us so that we can have sex with them. Lot went outside to meet them and shut the door behind him and said, No, my friends, do not do this wicked thing. Look, I have two daughters who've never slept with a man. Let me bring them out to you, and you can do to them whatever you like. But don't do anything to these men, for they have come under the protection of my roof. Get out of our way, they replied. This fellow came here as a foreigner, and now he wants to play the judge. We'll treat you worse than them. They kept bringing pressure on Lot and moved forward to break down the door. But the men inside reached out and pulled Lot back into the house and shut the door. Then they struck the men who were at the door of the house both young and old, with blindness, so they could not find the door. The two men said to Lot, Do you have anyone else here? 
sons-in-laws, sons or daughters, or anyone else in the city who belongs to you. Get them out of here because we're going to destroy this place. The outcry of the Lord against its people is so great that he has sent us to destroy it. So Lot went out and he spoke to his sons-in-laws who were pledged to marry his daughters. He said, hurry and get out of this place because the Lord is about to destroy this city. But his sons-in-laws thought he was joking. With the coming of dawn, the angels urged Lot, saying, hurry, take your wife and your two daughters who are here with you, or you'll be swept away when the city is punished. When he hesitated, the men grabbed his hand in the hands of his wife and of his two daughters, and they led them safely out of the city, for the Lord was merciful to them. As soon as they had brought them out, one of them said, Flee for your lives, don't look back, and don't stop anywhere in the plain. Flee to the mountains, or you'll be swept away. But Lot said to him, No, my lords, please. Your servant has found savor in your eyes, and you have shown great kindness to me in sparing my life. But I can't flee to the mountains. This disaster will overtake me, and I'll die. Look, here is a town near enough to run to, and it's small. Let me flee to it. It is very small, isn't it? Then my life will be spared. He said to them, Very well, I will grant you this request too. I will not overthrow the town you speak of, but flee there quickly because I cannot do anything until you reach it. That is why the town was called Zoar. By the time he reached Zoar, the sun had risen over the land. Then the Lord rained down burning sulfur on Sodom and Gomorrah from the Lord out of the heavens. Thus he overthrew those cities in the entire plain, destroying all those living in the cities and also the vegetation in the land. But Lot's wife looked back, and she became a pillar of salt. Early the next morning, Abraham got up and returned to the place where he had stood before the Lord. He looked down toward Sodom and Gomorrah, toward all the lands of the plain, and he saw the dense smoke rising from the land like smoke from a furnace. So when God destroyed the cities of the plain, he remembered Abraham, and he brought Lot out of the catastrophe that overthrew the cities where Lot had lived. And we realize that uh, every time we read scripture, we're, we're kind of involved in a uh, cross-cultural experience. Uh, there's a lot going on here that you know we we really don't understand. Uh, we would obviously like you know Lot to throw his own life, you know, between the men of you know Sodom and Gomorrah and uh, his guest rather than you know his daughters. But you see the honor culture, uh, you know, that no one who comes under his roof should be threatened at all so he's willing to give up his own family rather than have harm come to them mm-hmm. but it's, it's a very you know ugly scene as we've already seen in you know earlier you know, parts of genesis where sin uh you know as james you know described it you know we were tempted and then sin when it's full grown you know leads to destruction and that's exactly what is happening you know in in this passage mm-hmm. so what are some of the things that stand out as you guys look at this passage I think it's um, interesting to go back to the chapter we discussed yesterday um, when, you know, Abraham is talking to God about how many, um, how many righteous people need to be in Sodom for you to spare the city. And of course, they leave it at for the sake of 10. And then we see in this chapter that it says all the men in the city, both young and old. So, I mean we definitely are supposed to see that there is no one righteous, you know, and, and, and the, because the reason that God spares Lot even is because of his mercy. Verse 16, the Lord, for the Lord was merciful to them because they're, he's hesitating. He's, he's not even really walking in faith um, because he's hesitant. He's not sure what to do. So I just think it, it displays the mercy of God um, and the fact that like, he has every right 
to to be judging um, this these this area. And well, I suppose you know if if if, uh, if you're, you're counting righteous, mm-hmm. it, it's going to be a really hard you know hard standard. You know, we look at Lot in this, you know, in this portrait. We do not see him, you know, as a righteous man. You know, the way that we would, you know, we would want to see it. But we do see someone who is showing the same kind of hospitality that you know Abraham showed. We see someone who, you know, is offended, you know, by what's going on in his city and is acting in his own strange way in order, you know, to bring about injustice and to offer, you know, protection, uh, you, know, you know, for you know, for the people. Uh, so the New Testament writers will call him righteousness, but we we have to we'll call him righteous, but we'll have to remember that uh, righteousness is uh, is a gift that God gives us. It's not something we carry in 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 and of itself. You have to love too, even the, the the centrality of the covenantal relationship that God has with Abram. Abraham coming into play. That's actually where yeah. I was trying to get with that conversation. I <laughs> got lost. You know, in, uh, in verse twenty nine. Yeah, it says so when God destroyed their cities of the plan, He remembered Abraham, and He yeah. brought Lot out. You know that the Lot. I mean, the rescue of Lot in this moment isn't because Lot is the righteous one who is standing there. It's because God, you know, mm-hmm. has a covenantal relationship with Abraham, and and Lot's connection to Abraham, you know, is why God becomes right. merciful towards him, and it's just and he's rescued. And because of yeah. you know, God remembers Abraham, and that's an easy. It's super easy for us to get to Jesus. Uh-huh. You know, is why does God time and time again mm. show us mercy and grace? Because it's, He remembers Jesus. Yeah, <laughs> He was merciful on us. Yeah, especially when we see Lot, and there's so much in him that we just kind of want to turn our eyes away from that we're seeing here, and also a reminder of ourselves and how we in and of ourselves cannot be righteous apart from our connection yeah. to God's man, which here is Abraham, but ultimately, yeah, mm-hmm. is Jesus. He's the one that gives us the righteousness we cannot secure in our own, which Lot obviously shows us he, he seems to be struggling deeply with, and, and I know myself as well, even though I'm repulsed by a lot of what he does here, mm-hmm. I shouldn't just be repulsed by him and think I'm not as bad as him, but I should mm-hmm. also be repulsed yeah. at my own sin yeah. and mm-hmm. be thankful for, for the man that God has sent. It's a mixed bag, and we're, and we're certainly, you know, drawn to see him in a very similar light as we would see Abraham, who offered hospitality to, you know, the, to these men. So he does, you know, some of the th- same things, you know, preparing a meal for him, breaking bread without yeast, offering, you know, water for the washing of their feet. So that you see that, and you see him, you know, protecting them, and you see him enacting his own kind of mm. form of justice. But it is a reflection of us. You know, it's just kind of a hit and miss righteousness. You know, some commendable things and some really questionable things, you know, that are brought in. And, of course, this, this honor culture is a, a little bit different than the way those of us who have been, you know, trained by the New Testament, uh, you know, see, you know of one who laid down his life for us. And, of course, we ought to, you know, we want to see Lot laying down his life for his for his two mm-hmm. daughters <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. haven't they come under your roof too mm-hmm. yeah but even see lot going and 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 speaking and pleading with his sons-in-laws about what's mm-hmm. to come and and yet they in a sense think he's joking and, and just reject him mm-hmm. you know and how many of us probably know that pain as well of trying to to speak to those we care for about what's to come and, and yet maybe they don't take us as serious as we hope them no. to and, and so we definitely see him even sharing what is to come and 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 a way out and yet they they don't 
listen to him. Yeah. That's what's really sad about it is that these men had an opportunity to be connected to that covenant. You know, that, what, what did you call it? The covenantal relationship. Covenantal relationship because they were tied to Abraham in a, in a sort, in a way, and they had an opportunity and yet that they didn't believe him. Um, and that's tragic. And, and it reminds me, you know, and all of us of, of the ways that we, um, we and those we love have an opportunity to be brought into the covenantal relationship with Jesus. And, and yet they just aren't ready to hear it. And then of course we have uh, Lot's wife, you know, who almost escaped, but look back. And of course, you know, the whole idea is, is not, you know, just simply that, you know, she glanced back, but they're a longing look toward, uh, you know, to the, the cities of this world or the things of this world. And uh, she herself got caught up in the, in the judgment, you know, of the city as, city as well. Mm-hmm. You know, this account reminds me of uh, when Jesus sends his disciples out and he tells them, you know, two by two, here's where you're going. And and then finally, I, I think it's Corzin, one of one of the two, he, he calls out and he says, you know, woe, woe to you, it would have been better, you know, for Sodom and Gomorrah than for your town. And you have to, I mean, if you're the <laughs> disciple in that moment and you're sent there, you're thinking, oh no, this is where I'm headed. But, but it's a reminder that, man, in that moment when Jesus is sending them out, it's to proclaim the good news of the kingdom, you know, that in the midst of even cities, you know, and, and this is our city. It's not just like there's a Sodom and Gomorrah and, and you know, because we live in Austin, it's protected and there's no wickedness here and <laughs> we're all going to experience salvation, you know, but, but here God is continuing to display his mercy and grace, you know, and, and at times that comes through the warning of judgment, but it's also through, through that warning of judgment we get the message of salvation that there is an escape uh, and, and just as jesus sent them out so he sent us and you know we we are now the the people who have received his mercy and grace and and now we live and, and communicate that to others that there is there is a way out there is a there is a salvation mm-hmm. and of course the prophets will use this image speaking of judah and israel um you uh, cities of Sodom and you cities of Gomorrah, speaking of you know of Israel and of Judah as well, which is an invitation for the people of God, uh, not just to look in judgment on the you know, city of Sodom and Gomorrah, but to look deep inside ourselves and know that uh, you know the, the, the same wickedness exists in us, and not for the mercy of the Lord, remembering His covenant, you know, with His people. Uh, we would be in the same you know the same mm-hmm. condition. So it's easy for us to look around and and you know label evil around us matter of fact this is what paul does in romans he talks about the evils of the gentile world and he says but those of you who would teach others you do the same thing in other words uh, deep within you resides the same kind of sin and the same kind of evil and he comes to his wonderful conclusion and said so what should we say then that all of us have sinned and fall far short of the glory of god and all are justified freely by his grace in christ jesus Heavenly Father, what a what an ugly picture, but we we know and we confess that some of these ug- ugly things reside in us as well. Our sins may not be the same sin our sin is. Um, every bit as deserving of judgment as theirs was. We thank you that you have nailed them to the cross and that you have justified us freely by faith and the one who offered himself as an atoning sacrifice for our sin. Thank you for the grace we have found in you. May we never take it for granted. 
it's in your holy name we pray. Amen. <laughs>